0: It's time for another edition of Family Life Today, presented by Power to Change, known in America as Family Life. Welcome. We trust you'll find today's program interesting and hope it will be a great encouragement to you and your own family situation. So let's join our presenters, Dave and Anne Wilson, with Bob Lapine.
1: Porn will not go away. Until using porn, consuming porn becomes unthinkable. Right Right now, we all know it's kind of bad, but it's not yet unthinkable. Mm. When we see women for who they really are, Mm. that's when the needle moves and it gets recategorized in our minds to something horrible. Mm. And that's when we'll see a change.
2: Welcome to Family Life Today, where we want to help you pursue the relationships that matter most. I'm Ann Wilson. And I'm Dave
3: Wilson, and you can find us at familylifetoday.com or on our Family Life app.
2: This is Family Life Today.
3: Ray Ortland is sitting in the studio with us. By the way, let me say, welcome back, Ray. Oh, it's
1: a privilege to be with you.
3: Glad to have you back. I mean, you flew in from Nashville where you pastored a church there for years. I mean, I don't remember. How many grandkids? Fourteen? Fourteen.
1: That's crazy. Four They're wonderful. And 14 now, how many years
3: married, by the way?
1: You know, it'll be 50 years. Yes. Exactly. Wow. Yes. Congrats. That's a big one. Yeah. yeah. What are you doing we especially? we have to do something. We're flying in the whole family to Nashville to oh. spend some time at the um, Opryland Land that's
2: um, fun yeah at the hotel right there yeah
1: we're gonna have a blast oh that's gonna be great that's
3: so that's fun. awesome you didn't only pastor a church you've written we joked on the last one that you wrote the ESV bible you were <laughs> you a translator on a translator <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly which is a pretty
2: amazing honor honor yes. and say. a weighty responsibility yes. Yeah, that what you were
3: translating is going to be read as the word of god hmm. that's heavy but here's what happened so we're driving in here today and ann goes hey let me read you what i was inspired by from reading your book the death of porn and i said okay and by the time we got here to the studio i'm in tears this was powerful I well thought.
2: i didn't have any intention of reading it oh when i heard it, i'm like you're reading it on air <laughs> but as i read your book ray i was inspired because you huh. cast this vision of what would it look like if we eradicated porn hmm. and so i wrote this last night as i was just kind of putting my thoughts together and I just said, let me speak for myself on behalf of millions of other wives, sisters, mothers, and grandmothers. We are mad. And underneath our anger is fear. that porn is taking out our amazing and godly men. It started as magazines and then movies, but it felt far away from the shelter of our homes. Today, it's not only in our homes and on our TVs and computers, but now it's available to every single person with a cell phone and internet. And it's stealing our men, our sons. It's paralyzing them, shaming these godly, gifted heroes. And now more than ever, it's capturing the hearts of our daughters as well. And it's destroying our faith, our fathers, and our families. And we don't know how to help or what to do. So let us together stand up. And fight for our men and families by calling upon the only one that can set the captives free. Let us go to battle on our knees, asking King Jesus to fight for us and for those we love. And let there be a cry and a roar that rocks the heavens. This is our Goliath of the day. Let us call upon the name of the Lord. What would it look like for all of us as women to pray? Maybe every single Friday at noon that porn and this hideous industry would be eradicated and our men and our daughters would be set free by Jesus to become all that he created them to be. Oh, my.
1: (laughs) I'll give my life to that.
2: Yes, it's a war. It is a battle. And maybe it starts with prayer. For women, we can do that because we feel lost. As we watch, as you call it, our men lose the sparkle in their eye, and they become hollow, and we see it, and we feel helpless as women. And I know that we can at least be praying.
1: Here's where I move all my chips over onto the resurrection of Christ. I believe Jesus, the risen Jesus, is today sprinting through this world, saving people left and right, and having a blast doing so. (laughs) I love this. (laughs) I totally believe that. Yes. And let's dare to have that hope Mm. in our hearts, that confidence, that conviction. We see the evils and they are disheartening. They are terrifying. But we turn our eyes to the Lord and we say, okay, let's build homes where the tone is confidence in the risen Christ and hope. Mm-hmm. I quote from um, the Shawshank Redemption mm-hmm. oh, in the bar. <laughs> yes. Every
3: time it, I'm flipping around, and it's on. I just stop. I just got to watch it again.
1: Do you guys remember the scene where Andy goes into the office of the warden and locks the door and he turns on the record player? Oh, yeah. And he puts on records of opera. Yes. It goes out over the loudspeakers yep. into the prison yard and red speaks. He says this. I have no idea to this day what them two Italian ladies were singing about. (laughs) I like to think they were singing about something so beautiful it can't be expressed in words, and it makes your heart ache because of it. I tell you, those voices soared higher and farther than anybody in a gray place dares to dream. It was like some beautiful bird flapped into our drab little cage and made these walls dissolve away. And for the briefest of moments... Every last man at Shawshank felt free. Mm-hmm. That's what hope does. Yeah, The music of the gospel comes into the prison camp of this world where everybody is wondering, how do I even survive this? Mm. And the music of the gospel comes in the risen Christ speaking to us through the gospel, bringing hope, bringing energy, bringing a joy in life again. And, Prisoners start coming alive. We want that to happen in our homes. Mm -hmm. We want our kids to experience that. We want that to happen in our churches. We want it to bleed out into our cities. We want to see a movement of hope. Evil doesn't stand a chance. Evil is secondary and parasitic. Mm. It's not primary and original. Evil is the (laughs) ultimate wannabe. (laughs) And it cannot endure the presence of hope in the risen Christ. So that's what we want to unleash. Porn is not the issue. Despair is the issue. Mm-hmm. The battle against porn is a battle for hope. And when men and women, dads and moms and kids, have hope burning in their hearts, man. I mean, when you said Jesus sprinting, I just started smiling like, yeah, that's what's happening.
3: He's not
2: wringing his hands.
3: But yeah. we, don't, we don't always have that inspiration yeah, yeah. in our heart. We're like, uh, is he? It doesn't look like it, you know.
1: (laughs) What's really going on in the world is the unreported story Mm -hmm. of Jesus reaching down into the low places and the dark places, the places of despair and failure and betrayal and pain and anguish and regret and wishing for do-overs. That's where Jesus loves to go. Mm. So what happens when we get together, Dave, you and I, for example, if we got together for coffee, You would bring something of that spark of hope to me. I would bring something of that spark of hope to you. And somehow in God's mercy and grace, the collision of your little hope with my little hope would erupt into something bigger. It's not two plus two is four. It's two plus two is a thousand. Mm -hmm. That's what happens. I can't account for that. But getting together makes everything exponentially better.
2: Okay. Talk to the women who are married to these guys, their men have no friends, zero. Wow. And so they, they're they like, oh, my husband needs somebody. I'm his only friend. I've heard so many women come to me, and I'm encouraging, like, oh, yeah, he needs men. That's why we need the church. We need to gather ourselves together. How would you guys encourage those women? I mean, there's, do we just pray about that?
1: How does a magnificent, godly wife facilitate A better marriage, you know, this is a perennial question. (laughs) And my poor wife (laughs) is married to me. I don't know how she does it. Well, sometimes I wish this weren't true, but it is. We just need to fail badly enough that we can't deny it anymore. We can't hide. I wish it were better, right? I wish there was another way. Yeah. But I remember, for example, one time when we'd been married for seven years. I was working crazy hard, way too hard. I was neglecting my wife and children. We've gone through that phase.
2: We've been there. Mm
3: -hmm. Okay.
1: Well, you know what I mean. Yeah. Jannie was incredibly wise. I mean, this was not one episode. This was a whole life pattern that I was establishing, and I was oblivious to it. I was the only one not seeing it. Jannie and I sat down. We had a talk, and because she didn't yell and scream and freak out, Because she was so gentle and understated and respectful and kind, I didn't see it coming. I didn't have time to duck. (laughs) She said to me, Ray, you know, the the children and I, we will always love you. We're not sure we'll always have you. Hmm. And immediately, I knew she was right. I knew her point was valid and relevant. And it was true. And I needed to hear that. And it worked. Mm. My wife rebuked me. Gently. Gently. And it worked. Mm. She leveled with me. She was honest with me. She treated me with respect. She respected me enough to tell me the truth. And to help me see where this was going without threats. And in that moment, it was a moment of grace. It was a divine moment in our marriage. When my wife rebuked me. And I realized it's time for me to change. You know, that was one of the great moments in our marriage. Mm. We've had great moments of romance and, and mm. joy and, you know, profound affection and so forth. But that moment of kind of a piercing sorrow, that was a great moment. Yeah, The Lord was in that. And so a young wife who is worried about her husband can pray, Lord, prepare me. For that painful, great moment, when this falls apart, help me get ready to be a faithful, wise wife when my husband hits the wall.
3: That's helpful. Hey, Ray, what would you say to, you know, we're both in the older generation. What would you say to the younger Ray? Ray. in his 30s 40s you know they're listening right now hopefully and we get the chance as someone who's been there two grandpas in the room and a grandmother to say what would i say to myself what would you say to the younger man who's on that we don't see it when we're doing it but man we are obsessed with building our kingdom and hopefully his kingdom but we're obsessed with it
1: i've come to realize that the most evil part of me commonly feels good It doesn't feel evil. It's a spirit of self-assurance. I've got this. I just know. That is actually very destructive. Mm. And I spent too much time there in my 20s and 30s. My dear wife found a box of prayers she had written from the 70s (laughs) the other day. I really had not realized what a pain in the neck I was. Mm. And she just hung in there with me. And guys, now we just have this crazy, wonderful Mm. marriage, right? We are just giddy in love with each other. But I give her so much credit for being a serious woman of God Mm. who stood by her vows to God on our wedding day and just kept praying for me. And then God gave me moments of confrontation and failure and self-discovery along the way. Hmm. And little by little, I grew up. (laughs) One of the things you do
3: in the book is you reintroduce the characters when you talk about the death of porn. Again, didn't see that coming. But do you feel like when we're young men, 30s, 40s, and we're racing forward, do you think porn becomes an escape?
1: Yeah. Well, I actually wrote this book, as you pointed out, Dave, in the form of A series of letters, Dear Son, because I wrote it for one guy who is a composite portrait of these hundreds of guys I've been interacting with through the years, these magnificent young men. And I gave him a name. His name is Jake. I wrote the book for Jake. I think that's a cool name. (laughs) If I could choose my own name, it might be Jake. Jake? (laughs) Right. I don't really like Ray, but Jake (laughs) is cool. So I wrote this for Jake. And let me tell you about him. He's just a great guy. You would love him. He's a lot of fun. He's, you know, in his early 30s, married, couple of kids, working hard. He's on an upward career path. Things are going pretty well. You know, he goes to church once, twice a month. He's not involved in anything bad. He, there's a lot of good about his life, and he's got this sidebar of porn use. He doesn't feel good about it. He's not proud of it, but he's not worried about it either. And there are so many guys like that. What Jake doesn't realize is this. 10 years from now, there's a good chance he'll be divorced. Hmm. 20 years from now, there's a good chance his kids won't respect him and might not even be talking to him. 30 years from now, Jake might not even believe in God. Hmm. He doesn't see it coming. Because what he's making an allowance for is metastasizing into the depths of his being. And I care about Jake. I care about his future. And I care about his wife and his kids. And I think he can still have a great life. He can let go of this above-average existence, settling for that. And he can become a formidable man of God. But he has got to turn against that porn that he's making an allowance for. And believe in his own magnificence created in the image of God. See his wife with new eyes her royalty, her magnificence, his children, everybody around him. He's living in a world filled with wonder. He doesn't see it. And he doesn't see the path that he's actually on. So I wrote this to help Jake see a new Jake, a new reality, a whole new life, a new future. I want to help that guy get there into a great life. I just
2: want to cry. It's so inspiring. It's what we all want.
3: Yes. Yeah, and I think as you know, I started reading it. You know, you start with you are royalty talking to Jake,
1: which is every man. Then you say she is royalty. Well, the Bible is very clear Mm -hmm. that Genesis one twenty seven. So God created man in His image, in the image of God He created him, male and female He created them. Now, there are other. Creation accounts from the ancient world. For example, the Babylonians had their own sort of version of Genesis 1. In the Babylonian creation account, we are not created in the image of God. The creation of the woman isn't even mentioned. Mm -hmm. But in Genesis 1 and 2, everybody is, in Babylonian mythology, it was only the king who was in the image of God. Mm -hmm. And the elite was in the image of God. The Bible democratizes the image of God gives it to everybody who's human, and the climax of the creation account in chapter 2 of Genesis is the creation of the woman. She's the hero of the story. (laughs) And in the Babylonian version, she's just assumed. In the biblical version, she's celebrated. Hmm. So the Bible really gives us new eyes to see how magnificent woman is. For example, I love this in the Lord of the Rings by J.R.R. Tolkien.
2: One of my favorites.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Galadriel, the elfish queen, wants to give each member of the fellowship a parting gift. Everything's sort of noble and wonderful. And she asks Gimli, the dwarf, what he wants. And he says, I wouldn't dare ask anything. And she's surprised. He's very humble, you know, but she urges him to go ahead and dare to make a request of her. And he says, there is nothing Lady Galadriel said Gimli bowing low and stammering nothing unless it might be permitted to ask to name a single strand of your hair, which surpasses the gold of the earth as the stars surpass the gems of the mine. I do not ask for such a gift, but you commanded me to name my desire. (laughs) And the other elves they're looking on are like, no way. Did he just ask that? Did he say that? (laughs) And Galadriel says, none have ever made me so bold a request and yet so courteous. And how shall I refuse since I commanded him to speak? But tell me, Gimli, what would you do with such a gift? And he said, treasure it, lady. And if I ever return to the smithies of my home, it shall be set that strand of hair shall be set in imperishable crystal to be an heirloom of my house and a pledge of goodwill between the mountain and the wood until the end of days. <laughs> and then Tolkien says, the lady unbraided one of her long tresses and cut off three golden hairs and laid them in Gimli's hand. <laughs> I believe every woman is a potential Galadriel, Mm -hmm. whom we will perceive in the new heavens and the new earth with awe and wonder. Mm -hmm. She will be formidable. Mm -hmm. She will be wise. She will be awe-inspiring. Every woman in this humiliating, degrading world can have that destiny. She, too, is created in the image of God. My privilege is to create conditions in this world where she can dare to believe that and through Christ reach for it because she deserves it.
3: Mm. That's such a beautiful image.
2: You do that, Dave. Wow. I feel like I you, do that? you do that for me. I feel like you have believed it in me more than I have. And I think that's true of every husband as he speaks and he sees things in his wife that maybe we don't see It lifts our heads and it reminds us that we were made in God's image and it gives us hope that we can live out what he's called us to live out.
3: Yeah, that's beautiful. And I do think if we as men see women that way, as we should from Genesis 1 and 2, they're image bearers and princesses created by God, we will treat them as such. And that destroys porn.
1: Yes. Porn will not go away Until using porn, consuming porn, becomes unthinkable. Right Right now, we all know it's kind of bad, but it's not yet unthinkable. Mm. When we see women for who they really are, that's when the needle moves, and it gets recategorized in our minds to something horrible. Mm. And that's when we'll see a change.
0: I want to thank Dave and Ann Wilson along with Bob Lapine and their team for another edition of Family Life Today. Although our programs are produced in America, the issues facing families like forgiveness, communication, and taking care of our kids transcend national borders. These issues profoundly affect relationships everywhere. In Australia, family life is known as power to change and our mission is to effectively develop godly families. The kind of families that change the world one home at a time. A key part of our mission includes strengthening marriages and families all around the world. We want to do whatever we can to bring timeless truths to the challenges you face as you seek to strengthen your family and join us in changing the world. Do you want to impact marriages in your community? Consider hosting a Day Together, a one-day marriage conference that focuses on developing oneness in marriage. We have trained speakers that will come to you to present humorous but biblically sound messages of hope. For more information or to get started today, email radio at powertochange.org.au or check out our website at families.powertochange.org.au under the Conferences tab. We hope you can join us again on Monday right here for another Family Life Today.